0: Thank <laughs> you. And welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. I am your host Alejandro Thaddeus Rojas and I am here with Martin Antique Willis.
1: That's right. Uh in spirit and mind.
0: I, I was antique. almost said the antique, but that sounds good. That sounds bad I mean. Like you're really old.
1: Well, you know, I did cross that uh I had a birthday recently and crossed that big number, you know.
0: I had I a birthday like to recently too. And you but...
1: crossed a small
0: number. Yeah. Oh, well, not that much different than yours. I didn't cross <laughs> anything significant, but um I don't I don't think it's what are you, are you like seventy? <laughs> no, why am I laughing? I shouldn't be
1: laughing. No, sixty. I hit the big 6-0.
0: No. Are you kidding? I did. I, see, I think and I, I, I remember yeah. us talking about your age before and I being shocked because you look my age, so um, you don't look 60. Uh, you certainly don't act your age. No, I certainly don't. I will agree <laughs> about that. Yeah, But that's a good thing. And that yeah. used to be a bad thing, but uh, these days I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I'll you live know. with it.
1: It used yeah. to be act yeah.
0: your age and it's like no way man. <laughs> so. no. Well cool. Um and I call you uh, the and or I called you antique which a- is it a word I probably uh, well no it's probably been used before but uh, that's cuz you are in the middle of like an estate sale or something. You're antiquing. Yeah.
1: I am. I'm crawling mm-hmm. through a home in New England looking for goodies and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I have a, a sale coming up this weekend. So uh, I'm in the discovery stage, which is always fun. It's like a treasure, you know, treasure hunting.
0: Mm -hmm. That's fun. It is fun. Yeah, that's really cool. I like like it.
1: I like what I do. And I like UFOs.
0: I like Batman. Remember that? (laughs) The old Mm -hmm. Prince Batman song. Oh, Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. I like that song. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, so the show. The show today, my guest is Morgan Bell. Does anything about what I had have just said surprise you in any way? Um, no, we, we talked briefly about him last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I didn't call him Morgan Bell
1: then. Yeah, you, it was Morgan, but I don't remember the last name.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Mm-hmm. Because I've been mispronouncing Morgan's last name for years, even though we talk um, on a nearly weekly basis, at least some kind of little discussion, definitely monthly, and uh, for years and years. And I've been mispronouncing his name. I just found out it's Morgan Bell is how you... Wow. And, and if people saw his last name, some of you are familiar with him. Uh, you would understand why I am shocked by this, but um, he only just corrected me. Now, well, how's it spelled? B e a
1: l l. Yeah, so it's the German pronunciation. Oh, b
0: a, b e a l, or b a e l. It might be B-A-E-L. If it's b
1: a e l, then the German pronunciation is bell.
0: Yeah, so that's
1: what it is. The second vowel is prominent.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah, so that's what it is. That's interesting. Yeah, I just found that out. Um, reminds me of BL. Isn't there like a a word for Satan, a name for him that is similar to that? I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know much about Satan.
1: No, I'm not. That's not my area of hmm. expertise.
0: I thought yeah, you might. No, no you're, not, you're, not. you're definitely a heathen. <laughs> And hedonistic, uh, yeah. with you and Nick, you no. But, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, that is, um, I guess he is the state director for Florida MUFON. Um, he does a lot of other things. He's part of the SCU, the Scientific Coalition for UFOs, uh, the group that you know did the investigation on the homeland security video from Puerto Rico uh which we've uh talked about quite a bit i've had him on the show before but it's been a while and one of the reasons that i wanted to have him on is um the Mufon symposium because it's in Orlando Florida this year and he has um you know been a a big part uh of organizing it so We talked about the different speakers, but then also talked about different updates uh, related to those speakers, including things that he's working on. So, a very fun show. Great. And informative. Yeah, pretty cool. So, that is the show coming up in a minute. But before that, why don't you and I uh, talk about some UFO news? Sounds perfect to me. And I know you're busy, but I hope you can. Came prepared with a story that you would like to discuss?
1: I did, I did, I did. Good. good All right. Boy. So, <laughs> the headlines on this is an Oregon UFO distorts air crossing a property at four feet. I love this story yeah. um, mostly because of the witnesses. I'll talk about them in a minute. But mm-hmm. in or- this happened back um, on July 14th uh, of this year, and an Oregon witness in Lebanon reported a fast-moving object crossing his property just four feet off the ground, and it created a water-like distortion in the air. Um, And this is a uh, MUFON case. And so um, I quote here, something traversed between my wife and I about four feet off the ground that made an unidentifiable noise and the speed of which was extraordinarily fast. The witness stated, Neither... Of us, place any credence in aliens among us or visitations. The witness believe the physics against such things are irrefutable. because he um, his career is actually um, in astronomy, and he's at the monarchy and uh, the telescope in Hawaii, and his wife is a banker and accountant. While the object somehow created a distortion. And uh, Another quote by him, whatever it was created distortion in the air between us, for an instant, we live in a suburban area and our residence is surrounded by fir forests to the right of me whence it came about 150 meter tall hill about 50 meters away, which we also own. Aside from the noise of the event, there was an absolutely no report one might ascribe to the discharge of a firearm. I don't really understand that. But anyway, it seems like uh, this just kind of defied things that he can recognize. And, uh, you know, both him and his wife have, like, strong core beliefs, as they state, um, that these aren't real, but he has no way to uh, describe what it is. It's pretty interesting.
0: It is really weird. I didn't find in that report, like, they said it went between him and his um wife. Wife, but I I didn't see any indication of how far away they were from each other. Um, Yeah, that's right. So there is someone who suggested a Dirt Devil. Um, I don't know if that would necessarily fit, though.
1: Because I I understand. I know what Dirt Devils are, and Mm -hmm. you you see them out your way a lot, too. Oh, yeah. uh, Generally don't move. They're more stationary than anything else. They do move. You know, they don't really move
0: along fast. But not fast. Sometimes they can move kind of fast. Um, in fact, we have a ton of them out here, and it's funny because in Colorado you would see them once in a while, especially if you went out into the plains. But they're they're like crazy out here. It reminds me of a level from Mario Kart's or Mario Brothers uh, had a level too, where there's lots of dirt devils, <laughs> and you know you get swept up in on them, which uh, is always fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they it's not like they zoom or anything they move kind of in fact it was kind of crazy i was driving through the parking lot and one came through the parking lot and headed straight towards this lady uh and she got whipped up in it um really? she didn't like wow. fly up in the air or anything it just just her clothing kind of went all over and it is dirt so she probably got messy and got that junk in her car but um uh yeah so i don't know that dirt devil fits um So it is. It is kind of a a weird account.
1: Yeah, a a a good one. I never even thought of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, he doesn't really describe whether the object was a solid, you know, craft-looking or anything like that. Either.
0: Some other person who commented thought that it was probably a hoax because of some of the verbiage that is used. It's a little bit flowery with statements such as "from whence it came." Um, But I don't know. um, Yes, maybe maybe they talk like
1: that. But yeah, you're right. Uh, It is interesting. And uh, would they actually put all that effort into doing something with Mufon?
0: Yeah, you know. 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 Yeah. Hmm. So that's a weird one. That's an interesting um, sighting report. So a couple other sighting reports, and I should say I didn't say this before. Like we haven't had a, a show. I mean, I've been doing some traveling um in a couple weeks i've been doing some traveling and we didn't have some articles for a little while there because i was also i've also been closing on my house so i move into a house at the end of this week so i'm going to be really struggling to get another show for for monday i'm going to attempt to so i hope i can but uh yeah it is awesome i'm really excited about it but of course anybody who's bought a home especially a new build um the last week where you have to do the walkthrough and make sure things get fixed and finished before you move in. And you've got all this moving schedule and blah, blah, blah. So it's a lot of work. And uh, so uh, I'm kind of frazzled and all over the place. But uh, that's why we've been missing some shows. But uh, we'll, we should be back on schedule here. Um, but I have. This is one thing. Uh, also, we didn't have some stories because Roger Marsh was st- sick. At the end of last week, and he's been writing Hmm. stories, you know, daily on MUFON UFO sightings. Um, He's feeling better this week, so we have stories up this week. Um, But I have also posted a couple stories from the magazine. So we used to have a magazine, Open Minds magazine. We're actually going to have another Open Minds magazine, but it's not going to be in print. We're going to do a video. Uh, news program called Open Minds Magazine where we're going to do some in-depth stories UFO stories so I'm real excited about that uh, that'll be coming out soon and we'll do that monthly kinda like a magazine but the old print magazine uh, we don't print anymore um, so some of the issues that have sold out or we don't even have anymore I'm going into the archives and bringing out some of the stories in those issues to share with people because we did a lot of hard work and a lot of hard research on those stories. So two of them that I posted in the last week, one of them is uh, the Delphos, Kansas sighting. Now this is uh, a lot of people feel maybe one of the best physical evidence cases. It happened in 1971 where this uh, kid walking around with his dog um, you know, saw this craft come zooming over and it went over their property and flew off it looked kind of like a mushroom and there was a ring left in the ground and ted phillips oh yeah investigated mm-hmm. that um also apro investigated that and uh, you can read all the details of that story but another one uh was somewhat inspired by you but this is a a, a blue book unknown and these are some of my favorites is um you know, there were some blue book files, blue book cases that were investigated, and they never figured out what they were. So on uh, in Oregon and Washington on July 4th in 1947, of course, this is the famous weekend that uh, the Roswell crash happened somewhere around that period of time. Um, uh, this, is, this is when that happened. But these are some police officers in Oregon and Washington who saw UFOs. Um, and it's a case where you know they couldn't figure out what they were, and the Air Force actually determined this one to be an unknown. So it's a really fun case. The reason I say that you somewhat inspired me is that you asked about UFO sightings on July 4th. And there are some, of course, in the history uh, of things, but uh, we didn't get many. I think we got one this year that of note, but um, uh, this is a July 4th sighting. Uh, so this happened during the day, however, and uh, one of the suggestions was that possibly this was aluminum shards falling from uh, uh, explosives uh, for July 4th, which is kind of a stretch. doesn't really fit if you read the, the story, mm. um, but no. it's a great sighting. It is
1: a great sighting, and I love when um, police officers are involved, and there were not just one or two, but there were how many total?
0: Uh, it varied. Some of them reported to see uh, several. Um, one of them reported one group of, of officers because it started, and I love how it started. It started in Oregon with this police officer who's on his break and he's behind the police station feeding, feeding the pigeons. Pigeon. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. And uh, he sees a, a, a disc shaped object in the sky, several of them. He goes inside. They broadcast this out to the police. Other police, hey, be on the lookout. Uh, APB for Silver Flying Saucer. Um, and so other police looked outside. Some saw them in groups. Um, there was a police force in Washington that heard this come over the radio, and they were hanging out inside, and they decided to go to the roof and take a look. And sure enough, they saw several craft in a V formation. But it was all pretty much... Um, silver dish shaped ob- objects that we're seeing
1: yeah amazing mm-hmm. amazing that's a great one
0: yeah really cool so you guys can check that out at openminds.tv where you'll find the rest of this news that we've been discussing so i i think that's about it for news we've talked quite a bit about some news um is there anything else you wanted to mention no, I think uh, I think I'm all done for today. Oh, one last thing I want to mention, which is essentially a plug for you, um, because you had Don Schmidt and Tom Carey on your show, and you, last week. Yep. yeah, last week for some reason you decided to drudge up the the infamous and dreaded <laughs> Roswell slides incident. I thought Martin is crazy. What is he doing? Uh, this whole uh-huh. thing we want to forget because it was. Re- ridiculous, and um, he's just going to get frustrated, Uh, but you were very honest with your opinion that, you know, the the slides when you saw them looked like a a mummified human body, and uh, you brought these guys on, and I think what you did actually turned out to be very important because um, it kind of gave some closure to the whole thing, Uh, right?
1: I think. Oh, so, and thank you so much for mentioning that. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, um, for the first time publicly, as far as I know, Tom Carey admitted that uh, you know it was uh, actually a mummy and that it was a mistake. And they both sort of apologized, um, you know, in a roundabout way, and just saying you know they should have really uh, they should have really looked into the owners of the slides to begin with. And I wanted them to, you know, everyone heard the other side of the story, you know, and I just wanted to hear their side. Mm. Um, but, you know, I have gotten a lot of uh, I have gotten some hate mail about the show, which is really? you know, typical. Yeah. But it's just, you know, that why did you bring that up again? And blah, blah, mm. blah. <laughs> but, you know, I think you're right. I think there is some closure. And uh, uh, Kevin Randall wrote. Brought me and uh, brought up some good points that were missed, um, but you know, I just I just can't keep going on with it. So, but uh, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah. so uh,
0: I just think it, you know I wasn't sure what good can come of it, but now that it's happened, I see that. Wow, this is the good that can come of it. That these guys can finally um, express this, um, and uh, you're the perfect person to do it because you're not there to beat them up, but you want to talk about the facts of the of the story. So. Uh, I would argue that you know I think I'm one of the only people, if not the only one, who got to interview the the slide owner, the representative Adam, Adam Dew. I yep. don't feel that he's palpable either. Personally, I think he he seemed very genuine, and of course, my listeners, uh, anybody can go listen to the interview I did on this show with Adam Dew, and I think he was an honest guy. I don't think he was trying to trick anybody. He didn't do anything fooling anybody. He released the, the high resolution photographs later uh, and after the event. But that's not, you know, if, if the investigators should have asked to see those prior to releasing anything anyway, if they, uh, as they, I think are alleging, did not see them. Um, that's earlier. right. That's, uh, that's
1: kind of the whole thing was they never saw the high res scans and that they, they were working with poor quality that they couldn't get, um, the deep blurring done on or anything. So, um, you know, once that went out, you know, the rest is history. But yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And Jaime Musan the entire time said there were higher resolution ones that exist. So they knew they existed. So they shouldn't have gone forward without seeing those first. And, uh,
1: Yeah, that's their mistake. They shouldn't. They should have really. They should have. If they were going to sign a non-disclosure, they should have never signed it without seeing the original slides. Yeah. In in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, um, but I don't want to beat up the guys. I don't want to have them on my show to talk about this topic, um, because you've already done it, and I know it's an extremely embarrassing situation for them. And um, I have a lot of respect, especially for them. I know Don Schmidt. Well, and I have a lot of respect for him, and he's got a great book coming out about um, the children of the witnesses to Roswell and uh, their right. perspectives on, on Roswell and everything that's happened uh, with all of that. So I think that stuff is really inter- interesting and fascinating, and I think um, people should continue to look at their work because, uh, you know, not just throw it all out because of this one thing. I think uh, honest mistake. Right, that's how I feel. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good job, Martin. Well done, buddy. You did a, a good, a good thing for ufology by being brave enough to bring them on your show. <laughs> well, thanks. Yep, yeah, I'm serious. Thanks, man. I'm not just kidding. I'm just not right. uh, oh, pulling hey. your leg here, and 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 trying to to mess with you like I often do. <laughs> No, all good.
1: Thanks for thanks for actually bringing that up.
0: <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So Podcast UFO, everybody can check that out. Uh, good show. Good show. All right. Well, that's <laughs> it. Uh, we'll go on with the interview. But thank you, Martin, for uh, making the time to come and talk to us. I know you're really busy this week. Very good. Thanks a lot. Thank and I'll you. I'll talk, be talking to you next week. Okay. Talk to you next week. Let's talk to Morgan Bell. I am very happy to welcome back to the show, Morgan Bial. Hello.
2: Morgan Bial. <laughs> Hello, how you doing Alejandro?
0: Is that, do I say your last name right even?
2: Everybody gets it wrong. That's
0: okay. <laughs> is it Biel?
2: It's Bell, actually. Bell?
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I love knowing that because now I'll say it correctly. And you know what's really funny? is what's that, that? Uh, because I haven't recorded the beginning of the show yet, at the beginning of the show, I'm going to say your name right, and then we'll get into <laughs> the interview, and, and we'll have this part. It's like Leslie Kane, you know? Yeah. Uh, it took a while for her to share that that was the right way to pronounce it, and now I do that all the time, but um, it's nice to have the correct pronunciation. It
2: is. Yeah, that's an easy one, but I, I can't, I'm forgiving because everybody
0: does it. Well, <laughs> you are, because I've known you for years. You've been on this show before, and, you know, we talk, like pretty frequently mm-hmm. and uh, this is the first time i've known how to correctly say your name
2: that's okay
0: that's funny well <laughs> you know what people i've known for many many years pronounce my name wrong so i guess i shouldn't feel too bad
2: Well, wow, that's a hard one to say for some people
0: yeah it is <laughs> I, and i'm forgiving also so mm-hmm. i don't mind so let's get on with ufos mr bell yes this is so weird it's like art bell it, it's just changes almost my perception of you having this uh, <laughs> different uh, pronunciation. So, Mr. Bell, I'm gonna say that the whole time I think now. Um, yeah, one of the I guess the most exciting thing going on right now in your life is the Mufon Symposium.
2: Yes, exciting is uh, I guess an understatement. I mean, you know as much as I do, <laughs> probably more than I do, on what it takes to organize and help organize these things. And- mm-hmm. It's a, uh, you know, it's it's a full time job on top of my day job. So mm-hmm. it's uh, roughly, you know, two to four hours every day after I get home from work. Uh, I sit down and I, I go through and create uh, content and work with, uh, you know, all the little things that people don't get to see in the background. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. all the working out the audio visual and the contracts and it's uh it's a it's a distraction for mm-hmm. sure from my research, but. You know, I only have to do this once in a blue moon, so um, I'm yeah.
0: okay with it. Well, and that's the thing is that we do it every year, so yeah, you're right, we do know very well what goes into it. However, I remember that first year, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's that by far is 10 times, if not 100 times, even though it was about the same amount of work, it was 100 times more nerve-wracking than right. it is, you know, having done it you know, even after the third year, it starts to feel more routine. So now it feels more routine, but that first year is so nerve wracking because you want everything to go so well. There's so much to keep on track of. And it's just like, uh, uh, the anxiety level is very high.
2: (laughs) Yeah. To say the least, but yeah, it's lucky though. I was, you know, blessed with a good team. I have a lot of people I can pull from. So we have, uh, a lot of great, talented, you know, people that have actually put on other types of con- conferences, business conferences, and things like that. And so, I kind of lean on a lot of those people for the business aspect and for the organization, the AV. So we have a pretty good team in Florida to, to work with, and uh, I know HQ is having an easier time at working with us, uh, you know, and getting this thing organized. And uh, you know, I think the fun part actually was was looking for the speakers and working with people that you know we want to see speak at the symposium and uh, we really put our heart and soul into that to uh you know really find a few people that you know really have never been out there that should be and that's Mm -hmm. that's what we did we uh, started selecting and you know like most times you have some attrition because of either health issues or or travel uh you know things like that that kind of you know kind kind of kind of you know mess up with the schedules that we have, and so, but, you know, we still get a pretty good uh, set of speakers, and uh, I think we're ready.
0: Yeah, you've got a great set of speakers this year, Uh, so it's really exciting. Um, I love that it's not, like you said, you know, names necessarily you see all the time, which gets me excited, because that's what I try to do at the Congress, is have different people, but you know they have great information to share. So uh, it is exciting. Um, I was really surprised because I know you were kind of fretting for this and you guys were looking at, at really hard for a great keynote speaker and you ended up getting a fabulous one. Oh, um,
2: absolutely. That, yeah, it was a complete, actually kind of a surprise to myself. I, I, I knew about him for a long time. Um, just didn't really think that uh, he would be interested because I know he doesn't speak that often, if mm-hmm. not at all. And, and the person so, is Robert Hastings. Yay! Yeah, it's Robert <laughs> Hastings, and uh, you know I, I've had a few good conversations with them. I, um, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I do a lot of the uh, the little uh, speaker profile videos. I, I cut those and um, I put them on the, the the MUFON National YouTube channel. And you know, the one thing I wanted to do this year was to get them to communicate. You know, one. You know, and what they're doing this year, they're talking about. But more importantly, I had them all answer this question in their own way, which was, you know, what does the uh, UFO, UAP phenomenon mean to you personally? You know, like, what got you into this? Why are you here? You know? Um, and some of the some of the answers, you know, we don't ever get to hear that from some of these people. And, mm-hmm. and when they start talking, and I tell them, look, don't prepare, because it'll sound prepared. I want you to just answer the question. Mm-hmm. And when they did, and I made you do it, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um... You know, you guys gave some really unique um, and interesting, you know, uh, perspectives on on uh, you know on the UAP phenomenon and what it means to you. Why you guys got into this, mm-hmm. and so it, it, you know, it's 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 really interesting to see all the different perspectives. And you know, even even Robert Hastings, you know, um, you know, it, he's had a personal. I mean, he started out his life at a place that had such a fervor in this phenomenon at Malstrom Air Force Base, when he used to live with his parent, you know, his mother and father, his father worked at that base. He was a, uh, an officer there. So he got to hear all the stories. And so that, you know, that's kind of like uh, some of us, we get to hear stories. Like that's kind of why I'm in it is because I heard stories from family members. I heard stories from my father. I heard stories from relatives. And, uh, and to hear, you know, a little bit about, you know, why he, why why Mr. Hastings, you know, got involved in this as much as he has. And it was all because it kind of started out, you know, this, this real serious interest where it wasn't like a fleeting, you know, scary story around the campfire. This was like, you know, life affecting experiences his family members were having or his one particular family member. And so it's just interesting to get to hear that from the different people. And, and, uh, you know, it's it's what I look forward to. It's not only, you know, going to hear what these people have to say, but just what they experience themselves and, mm-hmm. and uh, something new that they, they can share with the public uh, in, in some fashion.
0: That it was a great idea to do those videos. And um, <laughs> I just thought of an idea, actually. And, you know, I would love to do this, uh, not to put you out on the spot uh. right now, but uh, if you guys want to do this with MUFON Radio, I just think it would be really is- interesting because the videos are cool. People mm-hmm. should go to the MUFON YouTube and watch them. And, mm-hmm. of course, we're posting videos from MUFON YouTube all the time because yep. Roger Marsh is posting those sightings so uh, people can find it through OpenMinds.tv or uh, just Google what MUFON HQ, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, I should know. I think I set it up. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the it was a great idea. The videos are so much fun, but you know what would be fun? What's and that? if you guys would allow me, I would love to do this. But if you want to do it, uh, if you think it would be better to do it, maybe on Mufon Radio or something, that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, But I would love to take all the audio from all of those videos and put them back to back and have one podcast that is all of those uh, audio, yeah. Um, yeah, that would I mean, be that so fun.
2: Yeah, cut cut minus the hey, I'm going to be at the Mufon Symposium, but then just leave their stories, you know, talk, yeah. And they Yeah, or even
0: just up. leaving that, they'll be at the Mufon Symposium because oh. that way it helps promote the symposium. Oh, it sure. talks about what they're going to be talking about, yeah. um, which will hopefully entice people to come to the symposium or entice people to get the DVD or go watch it online or whatever to to get the information if they're not going to be there. But uh, that would be fun. It'd be fun to have them all back to back to hear uh, what they have to say.
2: Yeah, and and you have to realize these people are people, and Mm -hmm. you know, too. (laughs) And uh, are you sure? And it's like, you know, so often we, and I'm not, you know, criticizing any one specific type of uh, event, but you know, rarely do you get to hear their personal experience, Mm -hmm. or at least their belief in why. They're dealing. I mean, I even say myself. I mean, it it has nothing to do with belief. It has something to do with the evidence and the the witnesses that are there. But um, but you get to see their perspectives and why, what motivates them, and uh, it's it's just it's really neat to see. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, those videos are a lot of fun. So, like you said, uh, Robert Hastings, the big deal is that he doesn't go out and do talks. Um, no. I've been trying to, uh, you know, I'll fess up, I think I've even said this before, <laughs> I've been trying to get him to come to the UFO Congress, um, and uh, but he likes to speak at universities, and yes. I can understand that, because he, he is protecting the integrity of the information he has, he has witnesses that are typically military, <laughs> so it's very high-level stuff, but... Um... And that's, that's
2: interesting, you, you know, that you bring that up, because that's something that always comes up, and... Um... You know, you always get a few people that say, oh, well, you have this one person on the roster that just totally throws everything out with, you know, out the window. And I try to explain to people, look, this is a symposium. I mean, if I have to explain the definition of a symposium to you, I mean, you can look it up on Wikipedia <laughs> if you want to. But it's meant to, to share all these different ideas to bring different, you know, the, the, you could have people up there that you completely disagree with, and that's fine. Um, you know, that's what this forum is for. It's there for people to come forward and talk about their research. This isn't like, you know, we understand that, you know, some people may not like certain speakers. They might not find them, you know, credible, or they might not like the person personally. And trust me, you've probably, as much as I have, have gotten... Mm-hmm receive those types of emails and and so i try to explain to people it's not about any one person's belief or system or credibility if they feel that their research is credible and they have the mode to present it sure there's a form for them to talk about it does anybody have to agree with them no not at all
0: yeah and you know, you know they don't need to go to the lectures they don't like oh, they
2: can skip the ones they don't want to see
0: yeah so, no yeah, problem
2: it's real easy
0: Uh, I want to go down the list quickly, and I'll skip over the people that I know my listeners will be familiar with, not because they're not important, just because I've had them on the show sometimes frequently, but uh, they can go listen to the show. But I want to make sure they understand uh, who some of the people are they may not know. So, for instance, we talked about Robert Hastings. I am going – I think I've already told people what I'm going to be talking about, but there will also be Ben Moss and and Tony – Angiola, did I yeah, say that Angiola, right? Yeah, Angiola. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: uh, Angiola.
0: What um, are they going to be covering? I actually haven't had them on the show yet.
2: Yeah, and that'd be great. You could probably have them both on at the same time. Yeah, that would be fun. And I've been and, meaning to. I, I just. Well, obviously, they've been working on a case called, you know, the Socorro case. I'm sure everybody's heard about that. Now that's very familiar with a lot of people. They've probably seen, you know, countless documentaries and TV shows with it on it. Uh, lots of books written about it. Um, but they've done quite a bit of work over the last couple of years on just researching that specific case. Um, And they actually have a specific resource. I mean, not only have they had access to the NICAP investigations, some of the Blue Book files that they've pulled on that case, um, but they've also worked exclusively a lot, too, with Ray Stanford. And, you know, depending on, you know, people's opinion, Ray Stanford is one or the other, but he's actually been there and done that conducted real research that was funded by the u.s government you know at one time um so he you know he's had his hands on and so from that experience tony and uh and ben have uh really um you know used and just taken his research and and moved forward with it with his cooperation but they're pretty much conducting it and with his permission with his content and uh it's interesting Uh, i haven't i mean i've read you know the, the stories it's a you know trace evidence type case with a police officer um but you know i i don't know all the details and i think they have a lot more details too i mean they even have documents that haven't been really um shared with the public i guess you could say i don't know i'm sure there are some corners that have done their digging and have found some of these obscure documents but for the most part the public probably hasn't seen most of these because they Mm -hmm. just haven't been written about yeah Um, so it'll be it'll be really interesting. They've got pictures, old videos of the of the area, of the you know of the scene, so to speak. Um, and so it'll be a really interesting talk to see what their perspective is. And mm-hmm. you know, we also thought it was important too. They were MUFON field investigators, and so they uh, they work together in Virginia. Uh, I think Ben Moss is the chief investigator, and Tony is a state section director in Virginia. And um, they uh, you know they stay busy, and uh, yeah, they do pretty good work. Yeah,
0: I think that's great. I always think it's great, and, uh, and I always say this is that it's always great when MUFON highlights the work of MUFON um, people because yep. we often have a lot of them at our conference, uh, state section directors, field investigators, um, what have you, because there's a lot of MUFON people out there doing a lot of great work
2: yeah it's a kind of an unsung hero <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. kind of job or thankless job as they say yeah and uh, but they do it because you know they uh they believe in the mission and the goals mm-hmm. you know, that
0: we and just so for people who don't know, Socorro was an incident that happened in the sixties. There was a police officer essentially chasing a speeder. he heard an explosion he goes over uh this is in New Mexico in the middle of nowhere yeah um he goes and he sees this uh, kind of uh, egg-shaped craft. It it lifts off and flies uh, away. He saw uh, a person, I guess, uh, near it. And uh, it was investigated and highly regarded by uh, many people. In fact, Hector Quintanilla, the last um, Blue Book uh, chief uh, for the Air Force, who was a skeptic on everything, said this was one of the cases that actually he felt was uh, uh, compelling.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it is one of those cases. It's a, a head-scratcher, and nothing's been explained yet, other than somebody, you know, I've heard a few people say that it, it was us testing our moon landers, but mm. I, I don't think somebody would be landing a moon lander. In the middle yeah, of accident. I don't think they
0: had the capability <laughs> of taking up and taking off and flying away like that, not in our gravity. So the next move is a, is another mufon person, the next person. In fact, he calls himself mufon man on Yeah, Bill Facebook. Schroeder. Yeah, yeah, Bill shorter
2: Yeah, he's a interesting fellow. I, I remember meeting him a, a while back, um actually as a witness. Uh he uh he's actually a witness to a case or a flap, so to speak. 1967, a date you probably hear a lot. Um and um they had a major incident on the east coast of florida and we believe probably the entire eastern seaboard and as you know during 1967 we were having some of these uh incidences around the nuclear facilities much like what um you know hastings is going to be talking about all these are you know not all of them but most a lot of the majority of these cases are on 1967 and uh bill uh you know he was a, a basically a, a kind of a radar operator uh dealing with um you know uh ground air um, anti aircraft missile systems um i forgive me bill if I, if I didn't name the exact system but he'll be there to present <laughs> but but uh but uh, he uh when when they were tracking him and his actually his cousin who was uh at another uh tracking location you know at the time it's funny they related and they're they still live near each other today and they're actually both field investigators which is awesome. Um they um they were tracking some unknowns and um essentially and they uh painted the target as they uh, te- you know not a technical term for it but they painted the target with the radar system and uh that uh the object in turn somehow created some sort of countermeasure and blew out their systems. Um and uh he uh when he left he got out of the uh his uh trailer operating trailer and um, went out to look what this thing was and he could just describe like what looked like a fireball with a tail and it just moved um but the thing that didn't make any sense is you know they were tracking these things for a while and they were making zigzag patterns all over south florida um over the water and and over uh, the florida straits area it's uh, a very interesting case, and it involves also a MiG-21 <laughs> wow. from, from the uh, Cuban Air Force, which uh, there was a set of them, and one of them, I guess, had, uh, you know, uh, got radar contact and actually painted the target to target it uh, with their uh, systems, and uh, it also did the same thing to this MiG, going, uh, uh, I'm, per- I'm sure, pretty fast, and... Uh, Anybody knows, or who's in aviation, if you turn off the engines to a, uh, a supersonic jet at high speed, um, it just basically starts tumbling and falls apart and kills mm. the pilot. Um, wow! And then at the same time, uh, within a week, uh, within a week and a half to two weeks, uh, the uh, Crestview School incident happened um, in Miami. Um, so it's it, it's a string of things that happened. This is just the Florida cases. I mean, we don't know. Wow. We know that there was chatter going on because they were listening in on the chatter from NORAD. Uh, and they, they saw these things coming over what's called the dew line um, over Canada. And, you know, they're thinking fast movers uh, or, or missiles or bear bombers, uh, these Russian bombers bringing nuclear weapons. So that's what they're looking for. But these things obviously defied convention. They were moving too fast. And just the aeronautics of these things didn't, didn't meet conventional aircraft. But I'm sure the story is, uh, as they say, is just the tip of the iceberg on this one. Mm-hmm. And he keeps finding these connections with the cases much larger than just uh, himself and his uh, cousin. So
0: cool. That sounds exciting.
2: About, wow. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Really need Lots of detail, too. Mm-hmm. So it's really great.
0: Cool. So other people on the list, Cheryl Costa. We'll actually skip her a bit because... Um, we yeah, talk to probably. her often, um, and she writes for the Syracuse New Times and actually she writes pretty much every Friday and we feature her in our UFO news headlines. Uh, mm-hmm. David Marler is going to be speaking about a New Mexico case. I know, mm-hmm. um, uh, oh, yeah. he's also great. Yeah. We've had him on. In fact, we had him talk about Farmington on our show.
2: Sure.
0: Um, but for time, you know, we'll keep moving, yeah. uh, at, and this one's exciting. Erling Strand. Tell us about him.
2: So you know how we always talk about UFOs, and a lot of people, the most popular thing to talk about is origin, right? You know, we all think mm-hmm. of ET hypothesis all the time, and uh, this is unique because Erling Strand is a professor at a major um, university, um, and uh, he yeah in Norland, and he uh, he deals he's been looking into what's called the Hesdalen lights for a while his in fact his institution is doing it on a regular basis and he's developed a system which as you know is now involved with uh the ufo data group in developing a camera system to collect information about these lights and in other similar instances uh you know and specifically they're using the Hesdalen light location and phenomenon as a uh, kind of a test bed, and um they've actually uh discovered some really interesting stuff and you know there's some hypothesis uh hypothesis that that you know some some of this might be natural which is fine i think is a great thing but it's it's still unknown it's a mystery they don't understand it quite you know how these lights are produced and why they're you know uh, seen by the locals on a regular basis you know doing maneuvers that you know seem like they're being controlled by some sort of intelligence and maybe they are we still don't know but they just know that there's some really strange attributes to these things uh, and he's going to be talking about you know, he's actually going to be showing the images uh, that they've captured uh, using um, spectral cameras uh, specifically designed to measure the spectrum, the light spectrum and um, uh, among others, other things like data that they've been collecting in the field over, over, over the many years. And so he's he's going to be talking about that, and that's something that we've probably, some of us have heard about, but this is a real scientific study of an unknown, you know, unknown aerial phenomenon, and uh, and some of the findings are just so intriguing, it just gives you, you know, especially if you're a science junkie like myself, you, you get goosebumps talking about it, because it's like, this is stuff we don't know about our own, you know, our own planet, or our own physics, and this is something new, and um, and it's all because because they're, they're using scientific method to observe a consistent phenomenon that they've been recording there. And um, it's going to be really neat to see what he has to say and what, what his findings are to date. And uh, you can always go to their website. I think they have like org or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's H-E-S-S-D-A-L-E-N.org. And does he
0: live and, in uh,
2: Norway? I believe he lives, yeah. So yeah, you guys are flying he him all the around. way out. Yeah, yes, yeah, we are. It's definitely worth it. Cool. Um,
0: and, and does he speak good English? I mean...
2: Yeah, yeah okay. he does. He gives um, presentations a lot at many different universities, including English ones. Awesome. So, so he, uh, yeah, he's uh, easy to understand. So, But, he, you know, he's, he's, a, he's just a really neat guy. Really mm-hmm. nice guy, too.
0: Yeah, to go off on a tangent just for a minute, because I know this is some of what we wanted to talk about, and this is kind of a good time to do it. I think we've got time. We'll still yeah. touch on the other speakers. But, um... You know we've talked a lot with Mark D'Antonio. We were honored enough to have uh, him with uh, Doug Trumbull at the the UFO Congress. You guys have had him at uh, MUFON as well. In fact we're going to have an interview going up. I'm so excited about this. We did one of my most favorite interviews I've ever done and of course everybody knows I've done a lot. But we did one with Doug Trumbull, and he's, you know, been involved with all of my favorite movies, so it was so fun. And we're going to get this interview up soon. Oh, but anyway, cool. they're working on UFO Tog, uh, and we've talked with Mark so much about this on this show over the years, But uh, so people are familiar. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you mentioned UFO Data, where they're going to gather some uh, data and stuff. And, uh,. So you have a project in Florida that is similar. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Uh, well, uh, we just started something local just to see what we can do to get uh, ready for some of these projects, uh, namely the MUFON aerial surveillance team, which is actually um, put together by Bill Schroeder, one of our speakers, mm-hmm. and um, basically mimicking the uh, Skywatch program from the fifties that the okay. Air Force conducted, and uh, which hmm. was eventually called Project Skyscan, which was a training, you know, project to to train civilians to spot aircraft. This is before radar was really widely used, and so they had to use spotters in the field to to look for enemy aircraft. And so the word skywatch actually is where this stuff came from. Um, it's it's just it's so so much enriched in history. And people don't realize, you know, we use that word all the time. You know, people go out, they look at the stars, they look for UFOs, and they call them sky watches. Well, this is where that word came from. Hmm. And um, and it's just interesting. We actually contacted some of the people that were in part of the historical society uh, down here, and I think it was uh, somebody specific with the Air Force and this project. And they actually sent us real pens from that uh, Observer Corps program that they. You're had. kidding. No, Bill How got cool. one. I got one. Uh, yeah, I mean originals, and they were oh, like, "Yeah, we have a few of these still sitting around." <laughs> it was, uh, it was so neat, and they're so interested in what we're doing too. It's just great, and you know, again, a lot of the early reports came from these people. Mm-hmm. They were coming from these these civilians in the field looking for these things. Anyway, so we had the mass program produced, which is similar. We have volunteers and and field investigators who go out during flaps and and report back what they're seeing using our protocols. But on top of that, we've been uh, developing a few small things uh, on the side, which is like uh, Project Skyscan, dealing with uh, all-sky camera networks, and you know, using the meteorite tracking software that's already available. And even the people who developed that software, the original company who developed it for NASA and uh, I think it's a, the Florida Institute of Technology, um, actually want us to tell them when something happens so they can look at their data. Oh, cool are really interested. They say just let us know, you know, let us know anytime, and we'll uh, we'll we'll go through the archive and see what we find. And so we're going to be using that data with uh, all-sky cameras soon, um, and then including uh, some passive radar projects. I'm sure you remember Peter Davenport's mm-hmm. old, um, proposal back in the day. Well, now that technology is feasible, it's cheap. Uh, you could probably build that same system now for less than a thousand dollars.
0: Can you kind of explain what so, that is?
2: Passive radar uh, uses either a couple of different things. It can use radio waves, RF, or microwaves, uh, like your cell phone, right? And it can be used as sort of a, um, a passive radar, which, is, you know, I guess it reflects off of objects like uh, airplanes and, and other objects, meteorites even, in some cases, where it can be heard, you know, uh, audibly in, in a system, which can eventually be turned into data and tracking data. Um and, the, and it basically does that. It just reflects. It's just like radar, but it uses different types of, uh, you know, technical radiation, I guess you could call it. And uh, one of those is RF. You know, microwaves is another form of that type of energy that's used to reflect. And, uh, and these receivers, you don't have to emit anything. So it's already out there. We're flooded with microwaves everywhere, right? Because we all have cell phones. There's cell phone towers everywhere. Well, it's real easy to tap into that by just using a receiver you just receive the signal and use it as a triangulation and you can actually um you can actually acquire something similar to what traditional radar is so, so you're
0: kind uh, of tuning into a frequency that's already being bounced around out there um and you're kind of measuring uh it it the bounce
2: yeah um, it's kind of like a if you look at it on a wavelength uh graph it kind of looks like a spike so like an airplane would look like like a giant reflection of, of that metal. And you can actually visually see it on the graph. Hmm. Um, but I'm going to let Bill, you know, kind of announce that stuff. I know he's, he's oh, going to okay. hold back a little bit until he does that because he's got some things he's trying to work out with, but cool. it does work. It does work. And uh, and so, you know, the idea is we're actually going to be doing something at the symposium about this. And mm-hmm. we have a lot of representatives from these different projects at the same place, so why not pull them together? So what we're going to do is a, a little private, but we'll probably stream it or record it and put it on our YouTube later for everybody to watch. But to put them all there is a discussion uh, panel and we'll have representatives from UFO data. Obviously we have several that are going to be there. We have UFO TOG representatives that are going to be there. We're hoping to get uh CubeSat and another project out in California, MUFON, that they're doing something similar to us here in Florida. Mm-hmm. So it, it, a little bit different using webcams, but, um, it, you know, it's it's an effort that I think everybody needs to start brainstorming, not necessarily, you know, helping each other, you know, with their ideas, but but at least sharing ideas so we can stay on the same page, maybe even share data, you know, data filing systems so we can all use the same one. So when we do have successful projects running that our data can communicate mm-hmm. um, and, um, you know, we're we don't have a name for it yet, but some sort of an initiative that we'll probably announce uh, in the near future about bringing all these organis you know all these little efforts together in and in a means of cooperating a little bit just so we're all there we know each other and, and you know hey I, you you have a uh, a uh, nuclear physicist well i need a, a a radio physicist or something to help out with uh, or a programmer to help out with programming software for this project so that's what we're hoping to do is sort of an exchange program to get them to uh, uh, bring them in to kind of work and cooperate, and uh, we don't know where it'll go from there. It may develop into something uh, much larger.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. That sounds really cool. Now, um, uh, have you looked at the UFO detector?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I've, I've, I've seen heard about them. Uh, I mean, I've heard of the kind of the fake ones that they saw online, but then I've also, you know, seen people use the uh, the the webcam based. Uh, yeah, that's the one I was uh, referring to. Radar. Yeah, there's a couple of different things. There's even the the low frequency radio bound, you know, ones similar to what you know passive radar is, but they don't really work. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, but yeah, the webcam ones are basically using visual radar, similar to what the meteorite tracking software does. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Um, it's just you know the meteorite tracking software. Does triangulation when you uh, mm. input the data together, you can actually get triangulation. You're, they're actually able to track meteorites uh, that make it into the atmosphere and to the ground, um, and they're able to, to relatively accurately predict impact wow, uh, cool. if it's large enough. So yeah, it's uh, it's neat. It's the the, the 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 all the technology is accessible. Mm-hmm. You just need to get the right formula of people and funding together to get this to actually work mm-hmm. and uh in in the right scientists and the right you know consultants to help out and get these things developed and uh, you know hopefully we can you know start that little process this is awesome that's yeah. so
0: exciting and it's so exciting all of this stuff is happening at the symposium because um you know i i think a lot of people don't realize that you know a lot of people have these sort of expectations for MUFON. MUFON's supposed to be scientific why aren't they doing this why aren't they doing that and they don't realize that they are doing these sort of things and and uh that's what's great about you having uh influence over this symposium because I know that that is where your focus is and uh all of these speakers and and these events Things that are going to help move the field uh, in that direction—that's exciting.
2: Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. We're excited, and uh, you know, it's unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen, which is a good. <laughs> thing. And it's, uh, yeah. you know, when we put all these minds in the same room, it's uh, who knows what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, exciting. So, a couple other people, John Greenwald. Uh, <laughs> we'll skip yeah. him too, just because <laughs> I talk about John all the time. I have him on the show a lot. John is awesome, and and i'm always excited about his work so we we featured a lot kathleen martin who's also a, am uh, well i'm a fan of a lot of people but i guess kathleen martin right. and i talk too often yeah. uh she'll she's act- not going to be talking about the
2: usual either she's going to be something completely different this year it's not on abductions it's-
0: really see she's yeah. going to be speaking for us too on something yeah. different yep. so uh that's exciting um mm. Paula Harris, who oh, I've known for many, 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 yeah. many years, so she'll be there speaking. Uh, Peter Robbins is the MC. Rich Hoffman. Now, is yeah. Rich going to be covering? Uh, he is going to be covering the Homeland Security case, right?
2: Yeah, he's going to be um, covering the Homeland Security case. Uh, I know it's been covered at your um, uh, symposium there and in, um, in Arizona, right? Um, or yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. Um, And so uh, he's going to kind of come at it from a different angle and talk about some other aspects about it. And, uh, you know, he worked on the project, as you know, along with uh, Robert Powell, myself, Carl Paulson, Larry Cates, uh, Diana Chaviano. And um, he, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think he's going to be talking about the facts, the limitations. You know a lot of people think that you know we over overly defend our work right when we get questioned or whatever but really we don't we we understand that there is going to be dissent and disagreement but there's also a lot of support for our findings and uh he's going to kind of discuss that and say you know and explaining what scientific discourse is and and how it works and because i you know fun process i don't think and and i haven't been
0: accused of this actually uh but uh, at least not that i've seen i wouldn't doubt if people discuss and say uh i have a bias towards your group or or this this project but uh it's really not i mean you guys know how it is we don't agree on everything uh when we discuss different cases uh we all uh have our different perspectives and we're not afraid to disagree with each other um it's just that I agree with you that I don't think you all, uh, anybody's being overly defensive. I think you're holding your ground to the facts uh, and what you've been able to establish, rightfully so, because, um, and this is what I love about this case, is that there is expert opinion. There is expert input. And... Um, no offense to some of the people who are, who are trying to uh, analyze this and have different perspectives, but they're not experts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to really take that expert opinion and, and work with that um, uh, to refute any of those opinions uh, and, and, you know, especially as a journalist. We have to hold to expert opinion. That those are the authorities, and yeah, um,
2: and I think there's a lot of misconception on how that process works, and mm-hmm. I blame social media for that <laughs> because people yeah. get so so used to this anonymous shield that they uh, they forget how inquiry actually works. It's not about insulting or making somebody look bad if you just mm-hmm. disagree. Um, there is a process to it, and uh, you know it's. Um, and we're open to any other hypothesis. It's not a problem at all. In fact, we encourage it, and, you know, we're still waiting for a formal, you know, uh, assessment. We've we we we've been told that our physics is wrong, but not specifically, you know, we're breaking laws of physics with our hypothesis. Well, that's great. I said, but please, you know, do share with uh, why we are breaking those laws and explain exactly where our calculations are in. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to know. Um, and if, if that's just thing. you know, we've had, a, you know, an expert mathematician, an expert uh, nuclear physicist, uh, an expert on radar data and radar data analysis, you know, take a look at these cases, including the uh, thermal imaging experts. It's not like we didn't do our homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's It's, we really tried to say, you know, this is weird. It might be something explainable, but there's just too much here that's not supporting, you know, these null these challenges these null hypotheses uh, there's too much here supporting you know the original hypothesis which is an unknown and uh, uh, we can't ignore that either and so mm-hmm. you know it's 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 hard work and uh, I know rich Hoffman he's been gosh he's been in ufology for such a long time he's met some of the you know big names that we've all heard of Keho uh, you know he's been on, in the field of Heine I mean he was he's, he's been involved since his teens mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's just interesting and you'll get a different perspective from somebody who's uh, who's been there and done that it. so mm-hmm. it'd be really neat to hear from him
0: yeah that's gonna be fun and uh, um, oh what else was I oh the other thing I was going to mention about the homeland security case is that um, really uh, I think what' what's fascinating about your case is the experts who have chimed in on your work have been supportive. Uh, and I've agreed what has been done with that investigation um the, to be honest and this is no offense to anybody out there who uh is doubtful um I just uh, the, there's only one person who I'm interested to see uh if they do more research and if they present a formal rebuttal to what you all have been doing, because otherwise, I, I just don't see any other interesting cases being raised, at least people who want to put in the work to to do a full rebuttal, and that would be Mark D'Antonio. He he yeah. he may submit a full rebuttal. Of course, it takes a lot of work to do so. It took you all, a team of people, a couple of years, so um, uh-huh. it, if he submits one, that one I'm really interested in seeing, mm-hmm. and, and I think we're all open to maybe Mark will... Uh, discover something um yeah. who knows but um uh, that he still be has a lot of questions
2: too about it so he's, right. uh you know he's like well i don't know everything like he needs to sit down with us and we'll give him everything we yeah. have given everything but yeah it's uh and you know, there's you know a lot of people say well why did you guys uh you know take the case independent and it's like well, it wasn't our choice it really mm-hmm. wasn't our choice yeah it was the witness and you know the witness is a federal employee and he didn't he didn't at first he didn't even want to tell us you know mm-hmm. he was It was coaxing. It took almost uh, three to four months just to get the person to uh, talk publicly with 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 me and uh, the and uh, Diana Travianno in Miami. So it was very difficult to establish. Well, and let me ask you this because the Homeland
0: Security did reply to Billy Cox and say, "Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, this shouldn't have been released. It was it was wrong uh, the way it was. The video got out. They they essentially um, then and through." via that admitted it was their video it was a real video. Um, there were rumors that people lost their jobs. Do you know whether or not that really
2: happened? Never happened. I I, I did talk to the, the witness, our witness, anyway, recently, and uh, he's heard nothing. But of course he's not based uh, at the Aguadilla mm-hmm. location. He just works there on occasion um, in the same capacity that the actual pilots work in. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, these are real people, these are real employees, these are real pilots giving these testimonies. Uh, and there's at least four individual um, whistleblowers, if you want to call them. Um, it's because it's not really a secret uh, or classified. Mm-hmm. But there's at least four separate ones. I know NARCAP had one uh, with uh, um, was it um, uh, Richard um, Haynes? Yeah, Richard Haynes. And, um, you know, it, it, it's it's... It's interesting to see all these different perspectives from these witnesses who had no idea that each other, that they were coming out to the public about it. They, they didn't know about the other person, according so, to our witness, anyway. Said, yeah.
0: Did someone lose their job, or you uh, don't know? I don't,
2: in Aguadilla, I have no idea. I, did, okay. I just know that there was a lot going on there with the release. That's where the release originally right. happened with the video. It didn't happen here in the U.S., Um yeah, or at least in in Florida it happened in in Aguadilla and uh, I just know that one of the rumors was that there was a one of them was a, had a uh, girlfriend that was a reporter <laughs> and that's that's kind of how that person probably got under some hot water about it mm-hmm. but I don't think they got fired
0: yeah so uh, i guess moving on because I, I wanted to touch on that yeah. topic, too, uh, because it's so interesting. Even though we had Rich on recently, you being part of the case, get some updates there. But, of course, if people want more updates, they'll need to come to the symposium. Yes. But uh, Richard Thiem, tell us who he oh, yeah, is and yeah. what he'll be talking about.
2: So so Richard Thiem has an interesting background. Um, everything from uh, religion to uh, computer science. Um, you know, he is probably an expert mainly in um, the uh, hacking conferences that they have upstate. Uh, they He's a keynote speaker on a regular basis at these technology conferences. Um, he, his expertise is, you know, uh, Internet security or, um, you know, information technology security systems. Um, and, uh, you know, he actually used to be a um, – a reverend, or, or, or you know, it, it, he used to be an ordained minister for for a church and within, and he used to you know cater to an air force base. So he got to hear some really neat stories there too. And so he's got such a cerebral approach to trying to understand this from phenomenon. It's just incredible talking to the guy. Um, so level-headed, he's seen it all, you know, kind of um, meaning, but he doesn't expect to know everything, and so. He's very open-minded, but at the same time very grounded, and um, he will be giving quite an interesting talk. Not only applying his own life experience, you know, but also you know, basically talking about this issue. You know, we always have in the back of our minds, why isn't the media or the public taking it serious? And you know, you and I are inside; we're in this niche research field, right? We don't really have perspective that the general public really doesn't look at this very seriously. Uh they may have a fleeting interest by watching a few documentaries on TV or, or making comments on forums but you know 10,000 people interested is n- nothing compared to the population of our own country, you know. Um you know Mufon having 4,000 members or 5,000 members is nothing compared to the population of our our countries or the world in the, in the sense of having a, a real interest in in this phenomenon and he is going to explore you know uh, why people can't think seriously about UFOs—the societal reaction to, to hmm. this phenomenon—and then he's going to also probably tell you a few really cool stories. <laughs> so, cool. So uh, he's got some really neat things to talk about.
0: So. Yeah, that's interesting. That uh, that ought to be interesting. And as far as I know, I don't think he's spoken at another UFO conference. No,
2: yeah, I think this is his first.
0: Yeah, so that'll be cool. And then uh, finally, Robert Powell. Who is also part of the SCU, the Scientific Science Coalition of yeah. Ufology, which you're part of, uh, yeah. Rich is part of, and mm-hmm. I guess in full disclosure, I mean, I'm part of, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've helped out with projects and <laughs> approaching the media and what strategies are for that, because there is a strategy to that, you don't mm-hmm. want to mess that up, and we didn't have experience in that. In yeah. The, you know, we we often people say, "Oh, isn't that another group?" I was like, "No, it's a think tank. It's not a group. It's not a membership. There's, it's not it's not yeah. MUFON. MUFON is our group. We're part of MUFON. This was set up as a think tank to handle this specific issue. Mm-hmm. And um, because it was such a unique problem that we had. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. it, but you know, it, it's it's what it is. Um, and maybe it'll turn into something a little bit different or collusion with other organizations, something like that. But you know, it's just a fun effort, and uh, we had to steer it in that direction for this case, and that's what we did. You know, it's just part of what we do. It's, you know, we're in multiple organizations. I know a few of us are in several. Um, you know, and you know, like Robert is part of UFO Data. Uh, in fact, I think even Richard Hoffman now is part of UFO Data and uh, NICAP and and things like that. So it's, you know. This is what we do. This is mm-hmm. our research. This is our field. We like doing on on the side of our day jobs, which we all have. All
0: right. So Robert Powell, he's on the show a lot as well. Um, and uh, uh, we had him speak at the UFO Congress last year about the Homeland Security case. What will he be discussing at the symposium?
2: Yeah, this year he's going to be talking what we usually do as the top 10 cases, right? Mm-hmm. The best cases that Movement has to set forward. He'll have a few guest speakers up there that are from those cases if they're... Oh, cool available. So yeah, so we're going to try to design this every year. So where we come up and he presents the top 10 cases or however many cases we have for that year. And if the representative investigators are at the symposium, they will have a chance to be up there for about 15 to 20 minutes talking about the specific details of the case. Cool. And uh, presenting that, you know, if there's uh, usually with these cases, there's always some sort of piece of evidence, a picture, video or, or something. Um, and so a lot of times these cases uh, will have uh, a pretty interesting, um, you know, a pretty interesting story to follow so and that's what he's gonna be doing this year. And unfortunately this past year we didn't have I think we had like five that made the bucket or eight. <laughs> Which yeah. happens. Uh but we actually pulled in a few cases from January and February that are really interesting that we want to talk about. So cool. Uh, so Robert's gonna be doing that this year. It'll be it's a little bit of extended time too. It's instead of the hour, it's ninety minutes, uh roughly, or just under ninety minutes, and um gives us a lot of time to really dig into what Mufon's working on.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, that ought to be really interesting. I think that's a great idea. Again, you know, I love when when the MUFON Symposium focuses on MUFON because yeah. you know, uh, that's what is. And I don't think there's anything, uh, wrong with that. I think there's everything good with that because there are so many people in MUFON that are doing great work, and MUFON is constantly doing stuff.
2: Yeah, constantly
0: investigating, constantly moving forward. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what people want to hear.
2: So that's awesome. Another outlet to really communicate Mm -hmm. our findings to the public.
0: So cool. And it'll be in Orlando, Florida. Um, you know, that probably has some significance for you that you guys are going to be in Florida East coast. Um, did you want to say something about that at all?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's Orlando. I mean, yeah, we've had, you know, tragedies happen there and, uh, we recognize that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a great city. And, um, you know, there's a lot of support. A lot of people are going to be coming out, and uh, a lot of people that you've probably heard of, some some famous or not so famous. I wouldn't call them famous, but just really well-respected uh, uh, researchers in the field are all going to be showing up. Um, and um, it's just an in- a really unique place. Uh, it's going to be great. It's at the Hilton, um, Lake Buena Vista Hilton, and Orlando, Florida. You can easily find all the information out uh, about the symposium at MufonSymposium.com. Everything's there. Uh, we encourage you guys, if you can make it, do it. I mean, this is a unique event. It's uh, uh, it, it's definitely something that we've worked really hard on. And I know the team here in Florida, we've worked on this for about a year essentially and uh we've uh, put together a pretty good program and we're we're pretty happy with it it's kind of on the as we say we're 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 going downhill right now so we've we've gone over the hard part <laughs> you know and now we just mm-hmm. gotta show up and set up and and do the do the event and uh we're really looking forward to it so yeah you know, just a few weeks yeah yeah well it's at the end of the it's almost exactly a month away so yeah well, I'm really excited about it.
0: I'm so happy to be speaking. I mean, yeah. I, especially this talk. I mean, I did mm-hmm. with MUFON in mind, just kind of engineered for the MUFON audience to help us all kind of see what the other countries are doing, um, yeah, how that can so help important. us, yeah, and to um, for inspiration, but also for ideas. And I think you know, uh, like Leslie Kane, we, and and especially with with with. Um, You know, uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, advisor speaking about UFOs. I think there, you know, there is room for more mainstream movement in this area, and yeah, there needs to be a dialogue
2: for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think I think your talk will definitely paint uh, this this area that we don't usually hear about. You know, this this official government, um, you know, organized government, organized civilian government. organizations that look specifically into this subject this is not a laughing matter subject they are taking it very seriously Mm -hmm. Um, and people
0: can take it seriously here and I think we can move that way especially with the the serious sort of uh, work uh, that uh, many of your speakers will be doing
2: yeah absolutely I mean that's kind of what we were doing this year is we wanted to show that there's a real serious side to this phenomenon and it needs to be taken serious Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not it's you know, it's it's not getting out there and demanding, you know, the governments to come forward or, you know, demanding truth or anything it's called. Let's go out and find it. Let's go out and investigate, research scientifically and find out the answers for ourselves. And mm-hmm. to do that, we need to make sure that we talk about these very important subjects that we're doing uh, here at the symposium. It's mm-hmm. it's just like you're talking you- you know it shows how serious countries will take the subject and it's, and it's a, it's a real subject this is not hollywood this is not this is not just something that you you know a fleeting interest or a hobby for many of us i mean technically i guess you could call it a hobby but it's it's more than that you know it's it's something that we do because we think we need to do it because there's a real mystery here there's something that needs to be solved mm-hmm. i like the name too lake buena vista lake buena vista It's has been a say. Fancy, Buena Vista.
0: It's a nice hotel. I was just
2: there. It's spacious, big, and it's right next to Disney. It's literally on Disney property, so really, want, yeah. Ooh, do we? It's a good excuse. It's good. It's everything's cheap this time of year. Yeah, I mm. know it's a little hot, but hey, <laughs> and uh, it's Florida. It's 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 usually good weather, and uh, and you're right there on Disney property. I think you take a free shuttle when you walk across the walking bridge to all the malls and restaurants, and they have these shuttles cool. that take. The, uh, the parks and it's uh, a really neat place
0: yeah this will be my first time in florida i've never been out there
2: Ooh, good it'll be great mm-hmm. all right
0: well thank you so much for being on the show again and uh giving us all this insight and and this was fun because we got to know who's speaking but we also then got to touch on all of these topics that we wanted yeah. to cover
2: yeah so so much going on Alejandro. it's yeah. just a, it's a great year
0: yeah well thank you so much All right, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much to Morgan Bell um, for being on the show. Super interesting guy. He's been in this for so long, Uh, very credible, and he is the perfect person to be putting together the MUFON Symposium. And I feel it's a lineup that is better than – Uh, they've had in quite some time and I'm not saying that just because I'm on the lineup so even if you took me off of the lineup which uh, you know that would be a lot of you are gasping and thinking oh my god they can't do that they can't do that well relax they're not doing that they're not doing that I'm just it's just a hypothetical if they were to do so um, it would still be a, a really great uh, symposium with some really cool speakers. So as you heard, lots of really really cool people, and um, and of course there are those of you who who relish in the thought of me being taken on, off the list and thinking, wow, that would be great. They could get something, somebody really cool. But uh, <laughs> but my talk, I think it's going to be really cool, guys. So um, I'm going to be talking about the international organizations uh, that have official government UFO um, investigation group some of them have them with the uh, as part of their military some of them are part of their uh, FAA some of them are part of their um, kind of NASA space group so they're all different however the reasons that they began investigating UFOs on a governmental level is is very interesting um, typically Typically, these are really cool sightings that um, cause them to take this issue really seriously, or at least to get a lot of public pressure to do so. So I hope you can make it to the conference. If not, I think they're going to be making DVDs and stuff that you'll be able to have uh, afterwards. But, um, you know, uh, speaking of conferences, the biggest and dare I say best, a conference to the UFO Congress, and we've got that going on in February again, 2017. Um, I will be speaking there also. I haven't put myself on the website yet, but I'm going to be speaking about UFOs and religion. However, the angle is going to be um, how UFOs and the belief in extraterrestrials has has influenced religions and what they think of that, Um, but also how it's uh, influence the beginning of new religions and i think you know going forward uh they're going to have a big impact on the new religions that that come forth and uh, we'll examine that and i think it's a really interesting examination on just the impact that this belief um and uh this topic has on religion and religion is really important um there's a lot of people that subscribe to different religions. Now, I'm agnostic on practically everything, so I don't really subscribe to one religious belief. Um, you know, in, in uh, interest of full disclosure, I guess, uh, philosophically, I kind of align a lot with Buddhism, but uh, also I think that's similar to the teachings of or, or Jesus and, and other prophets. Um, with the peace and love and sympathy and compassion and all of those things, uh, which I just feel are really important, but um, I, I'm not necessarily a believer. Um, and as you know, you know, I'm not really a believer um, in in anything, you know, hard and fast. Uh, even when it comes to the paranormal, um, at least it, when it comes to supernatural kind of things, uh, I think there's interesting evidence towards towards different phenomena. Um, which I obviously am am just compelled uh, to examine and research uh, in the search for truth and the hidden mysteries that are out there. But uh, so that's my perspective. So I'm not saying that any religion is better than another, but just taking an examination on what these different religions think and the kind of the studies on how people will react, you know, if there really is to be some sort of disclosure in the future. So I think the talk is going to be a lot of fun that I'm doing at the UFO Congress, this this religious one. But we have posted the, the um, first batch of speakers at the UFO Congress. So go to ufocongress.com and you'll see them. There's about 11 there. Uh, those of you who are listeners to this podcast are going to recognize all of those names probably. Most if not all. I think I'm sure all of them uh, I've interviewed before But some really cool people I'm very excited about. You know what? Someone I'm not sure if I've interviewed who's going to be on there is Ryan Sprague. I think I've talked about that before. Um, Actually, didn't we interview him recently? I'm so confused. But um, he's awesome. I mean, this kid rocks. I call him a kid because he's much younger than most of us. I think he's in his 20s. But, uh, you know, everybody, to know Ryan is to love Ryan. I mean, a great guy. Um, and, uh, everybody's really excited. I am super honored that the UFO Congress is going to be his first, uh, venue for a UFO lecture. And, uh, he's getting a, a book published by Richard Dolan's press and, um, that will be out by the Congress. So he'll have him there to sign and he'll be talking about, uh, information in his book and, uh, you could read more about his talk, um, at ufocongress.com. So I, I know this guy for many years to come is going to be doing UFO lectures if he's also a playwright, um, and I'm sure he's going to be, you know, he's. I think they made a script out of a movie script uh, for an independent, some people in New York. That's where he lives actually in Manhattan. Um, they did a, a movie based off of one of his scripts. So he's probably going to be some big Hollywood like script writer and movie writer and all this stuff. But uh, until then, you know, he'll be speaking uh, for us at the Congress. Um, You know, there are other script writers. For instance, uh, Paul David, he spoke last year at the UFO Congress. And um, there are, I guess I'll say this without revealing too much, that there are other people in the movie industry that are interested in this topic, who are often involved with events, who we at Open Minds are friends with, very close friends with, and uh, we may have more announcements for movie people uh, being uh, coming to speak at the UFO Congress. So I'll put it that way to add some intrigue into your lives. That's what you come here for anyway, right? Some intrigue and adventure. So uh, thank you to Morgan Bell. Uh, I'm so excited to, speaking of adventure, you know, go to Orlando and to uh, speak for the UFO Congress at the Lake Buena Vista Hilton. So that's where you can go. Go to the MUFON Symposium. You can just Google that or MUFONsymposium.com to find out more about their event. It's only a few weeks away. It's like at the end of August. So it's it's in about a month. Um, But I'm Pretty sure tickets are available and rooms are still available so you can get going there. Otherwise, what else am I is going on I'm supposed to tell you about? Oh, you might have noticed, you know, on our YouTube page, we have been kind of mixing things up. We're going to be trying some new things. So we have our Open Mind UFO report, which we're going to be doing less frequently. And we're going to be focusing on UFO sightings, especially UFO videos, um, pretty much that are submitted to MUFON and that Roger uh, Marsh writes about and posts on our website we'll be focusing on that we're also doing this new thing where we are doing these short clips Uh, we're going into our archives of UFO photographs these are usually pretty old like before the 70s or 70s era and earlier so pre-photoshop kind of era and we're posting these short videos um, on that and we're doing some cool stuff with our social media where we're embedding those videos in Facebook and YouTube. So uh, when they pop up, some of you have probably seen this, you know they play right on your social media. How cool is that? We are cool, we're really cool when you sit back and think about it. Wow, not to pat ourselves on the back, but I mean, I guess that's what I'm doing. So there. Uh, but I love these videos. It's really cool. So we'll be doing that. And, uh, like I talked about with Martin earlier, we're going to do this Open Minds Magazine videos where we go in depth, in depth, uh, stories on some of the most exciting stuff. And I'll tell you right now. The first one is going to be on the flap, or actually the UFO sightings over Washington, D.C. in 1952. They are more important and fascinating than you realize, people. And we'll be discussing that in the upcoming Open Minds UFO magazine YouTube news program that will be forthcoming. So... Very exciting. Uh, If you're not excited now, slap yourself in the face um, because you should be excited. Pour that hot coffee on your desk in your lap because you should be at that level of excitement just jumping up and down and hooting and hollering and your fellow coworkers, if you're at work, um, should be flipping out and thinking you're crazy, which isn't abnormal for you probably because you're the office UFO person um so anyway I hope you enjoyed today's show I certainly did I enjoyed having you here listening to us thank you so much for joining us uh most every week actually we've been pretty good we've had a lot of shows so we'll try I'll try my best and I apologize for not being weekly but like you heard me tell Martin I'm moving so um It's been difficult lately and we've had some travel, you know, everybody doing their vacation in the summer, Um, especially in here in Arizona. It's been 110 consistently for weeks now. So 110 plus, I mean, 110 during the day is like the low. So uh, it's been super hot. So no wonder we try to get the heck out of here during this time of year, but I'll try my best to be more consistent. If you have suggestions also on people you would like to hear that maybe I haven't interviewed, um, that would be great. Or if you want updates from someone I have interviewed, you know, feel free to email us at contact at openminds.tv. That's contact at openminds.tv. And let me know who you might want to hear and uh, we'll try to arrange that because um, there's a lot of cool people out there and sometimes I forget about some of the cool people out there. So... Um, thank you very much for listening. I guess that's it. Thank you to Caleb Hanks for doing the opening and closed music. And adios muchachos.